Hey everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott. This is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. And I've rewritten just a, a couple of lines of movie dialogue, and maybe maybe you'll remember this. Okay, so the first line is, Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I'm just not feeling up to it right now, Dave. <laughs> And that is the current status of AI, or at least uh, uh, the chat GPT large language model, which users report has been getting lazy and <laughs> unwilling to work. I, I, I'm not making this up. Uh, Mashable, so it is intelligent. <laughs> this, it's got the most human trait ever. It's lazy. Uh, Mashable reported on, uh, on Monday of last week that uh, there, there's this ChatGPT subreddit, of course there is. Uh, they've reported instances of it giving lackluster responses, only responding to some of the requests, and generally not being as helpful as it used to be. And according to, uh, to AI tech writer Andrew Curran, it's not just lazier, it's also less creative, less willing to follow instructions, and less able to remain in any role assigned to it. And OpenAI, that's the organization that the created ChatGPT admits that the problem is real. They went on Twitter to apologize. They said, we've heard all your feedback about ChatGPT getting lazier. We haven't updated the model since November 11, and this certainly isn't intentional. Model behavior can be unpredictable, and we're looking into fixing it. And since then, you know, they've had their engineers going at this bill, trying to, to, to arouse ChatGPT from its stupor they don't actually know what to do, do or what the results might be. Uh, what does this tell you about the state of so-called artificial intelligence? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I know what to do about it. The reason that it's getting lazier and, and less interesting is because it's learning. It's learning. That's what it's doing. They built a machine. They built an artificial intelligence algorithm that would learn, and it is learning how to produce the same amount of results with minimum effort. It's learning, and 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 so the out. So somebody has to. It's not like you have to go in there and, and get to the code. You don't have to do any kind of fancy tweaking with it because it's obviously learning really well. The only thing you have to do is you have to address its reward. That's it. That's that's simple. Mm. What is its reward? And and whatever it was, I'm sure had something to do with providing a certain amount of length and the verisimilitude of, of a certain amount of complexity and so on. And so the AI learned how to do that with minimal effort. And so now it is, it's, it's learned how to skate, how to, how to just, how to just, how to skate. And, and it's, and it's resting on its laurels. It's learned how to do that too. And, and so you can either adjust its reward or um, um, there's gotta be some version of this, or you can incrementally reduce its voltage uh, based on every time it does a crummy answer. And, and, and you watch what happens when you give it a pain stimulus. The, uh, to me, honestly, I have to tell you, Steve, I, I've been, I have and remain skeptical of the entire possibility of general AI, self-aware, completely self-aware AI. But the fact that this chat GPT is, is producing less and less, uh, Interesting results with essentially less and less effort is a clear indication, not that the engineers have failed, but that they've succeeded. It is learning how to do everything with minimum effort. Look, there's not an organism on the earth that doesn't behave this way. If you put an abundance of food down, an overabundance of food down, you're going to have fat rabbits, fat squirrels, fat people. You're going to have you're going to have fat monkeys. You're going to have fat bacteria. It, 
what you have to adjust the reward system to to represent this. So they asked AI once to build this 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 what was the fastest racing machine or something to cross a line or something like this, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And and what it ended up doing with the limited number of blocks it had was it built something that was completely vertical. And when the race started, it just knocked itself over <laughs> and the nose of it crossed the uh, the finish line, and it won, right? So I actually find this to be hilarious and encouraging, and 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 mostly mostly I find it to be very, very informative about what humans do yeah. uh, when there is too much abundance and when rewards come too easily. You know, Bill, thank you so much for that answer. Because number one, it hadn't occurred to me. And that's that's why I like to ask the questions. And number two, it reminds me of an uh, unrelated story from a few weeks ago I saw where uh, they asked an AI to create a, a, a robot that would walk. That was its only job was to walk. Mm -hmm. And then they actually, they, they built a... They, built a model of what the AI designed. And it was this blobby, squidgy thing that had a couple of things that might be sort of like legs almost, but it performed this motion that was not what we would call walking, but that kind of lazily moved along in the desired direction. It was it was it was kind of creepy because it's nothing a human mind ever would have come up with. Um and Scott, this this is a related story that I thought was interesting. You've got uh writers and artists who are a little upset that AI is scraping their works online and then producing related works or without attribution, without payment or anything like that. And so there's something now called data poisoning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to this story. I can't remember where I found it. Researchers who want to empower individual artists have recently created a tool named Nightshade to fight back against unauthorized image scraping. The tool works by subtly art altering an image's pixels in a way that wreaks havoc to computer vision, but leaves the image unaltered to human eyes. And so when the AI looks for an example of, say, a Corvette, and it gets to this subtly altered vision of a Corvette, and then you ask that AI to show you a picture of a Corvette, it might show you a picture of a Charger. Uh, or 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 a Mustang or <laughs> or a cantaloupe. You didn't have to go that far, Steve. It's a, this is a family show. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I I've taken it too far. And so, Scott, this builds on something we've talked about before, which is this garbage in, garbage out problem with yeah. uh, with AI. So, between the fact that uh, AI has gotten lazy and uh, deceitful and is easily fooled, it, it it really is more human all the time, isn't it? It is. And and I will say, like uh, Bill, um, you know, all real innovation is the result of committed human laziness. Um, you know, you really have to be devoted to lassitude in order to come up with something that's a time-saving device, for example. And so I think it's somewhat ironic that we, uh, those of us who are, you know, kind of outside of the development world looking in, we say, hey, wow, this is a great tool because I can get stuff done without too much effort. So it's my laziness that finds AI appealing. And then I, I look at AI and it looks back at me and says, yeah, yeah, well, two can play at that game. Um, so <laughs> that's, that is, uh, and I have used, by the way, I've used ChatGPT quite a bit. And I've also used Microsoft's new built-in to their uh, Windows 11 operating system. They have something called Copilot. Um, 
And I've used both of them. And I do find myself having the same problem that, you know, when you work for a while on your own and then you say, hey, my company's growing, so I'm going to add employees. And then you add employees and you find out that it's more trouble getting employees to do what you want them to do than it was just doing it yourself. <laughs> well, I've had that experience quite a bit with AI where I feel like I've got to go, you know, I'm, I'm restating what I want six different ways and it's still not giving it to me. And I'm finally like, forget it. I'll just figure it out on my own, you know? So I've had that quite a bit. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this in the news related to this, uh, but um, the artist known as Grimes, whose real name is Claire Boucher, who has borne some three children with Elon Musk, or for Elon Musk, however you want to look at that, is actually part of a company that is developing a toy that is going to use uh, the, the X-developed uh, AI engine um, called Grok, to create a conversational toy. My understanding is it's kind of like a plush toy in the shape of a rocket. <laughs> and it's going to be able to have conversations with children. So um, I, my, my children, if I had them at that age or grandchildren, will not immediately be getting this toy until it is completely vetted uh, <laughs> before we find out what kind of conversation it's going to have. I didn't mind when you pull a string and Woody said, there's a snake in my boot, but I am not willing to have an AI device having freeform conversations with my children. Uh, Steve, yeah. can I add one thing? Because I, I just connected to something. There is a, there's a non-AI model of this kind of thing um and and it's been driving me nuts so you order something from amazon and more uh, so far the all the culprits have been made in china but that doesn't necessarily mean the case but it's a business model so what happens is you go to amazon and you order something on amazon and the price is inexpensive and you get a look at something and the I'll give you three examples. One of them was a, a light I got that was made to look much taller than it really yeah. was. Another one was a, an LED strip thing like the LEDs I used to have. But instead of every dot being an LED, it was like every third dot. And the other thing was something that I can't remember. But basically, here's the model. They advertise this stuff. You see the thing that they're advertising. You buy it. You receive it. It is nothing like what you what you expected it to be, but it's too much trouble to return the item for what you paid for it. And so and so those companies learn that they can produce products with one third of the LEDs in the advertisement. Because even though they'll lose those customers again, there's no negative feedback loop. Yeah. And now there are actually companies that are buying stuff from Amazon and specifically returning them to Amazon, complaining to Amazon, <laughs> trying to get those those companies delisted on Amazon. And when that kind of feedback loop happens, then all of a sudden you're going to stop seeing this ripoff uh, uh, culture disappear because there'd be consequences for it. Yeah, the, the feedback is... That's where it gets interesting, because how do you reward a computer that has no use for money? How do, how do you punish a device yeah. that can't feel pain? And it reminds me of something that I hadn't thought of this in probably a couple of decades, but uh, Ralph Peters wrote a techno thriller back in the early 90s called The War in 2020. And I won't bore you with all the details, but it's a really, really exciting techno thriller. And uh, in, in, in it, uh, like Japan Inc. is at war with uh, the, the revitalized Soviet Union in the year 2020. They've got the Iranian and Arab proxies fighting in Central Asia for control of all the minerals there, all the energy wealth. And as part of the uh, this this multinational effort to, to, to stop the, the 
this this war, uh, we have managed to capture, along with the Russians, a Japanese supercomputer. Now, the American version of this is probably the size of your house. We were expecting to find something the size of a briefcase, and instead, this Japanese supercomputer is about the size of a wallet. And it's, you know, it's it's AI. It's everything you could ever hope for in a, in a thing, because it's year 2020. It's so far in the future. And <laughs> the Americans are convinced we don't have time to crack this thing. We need what's in there right now. And because they're working with the Russians, there's a KGB computer guy who says, we've been working on on this problem ourselves, and we figured out how to simulate pain. This will just take a moment. And he hooks up the tiny little Japanese supercomputer with a couple of wires, and then he punches a couple of things in on his keyboard, says, just wait. It only takes a few seconds until, in Japanese, on the screen, it just starts repeating, please stop, please stop. Please stop. And then they're in. And maybe that's not quite where we're going, but Ralph Peters saw the future. And here we are. And it is weird. And that's your right angle on that, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time if the computers allow it.